Maybe you're at a loss for meaningful, life-giving words these days. Not information or arguments or agendas, but wonder and hope that meet your empathetic and curious faith with a fresh word. We are a guild of pastors always rooted in ancient text, but friendly to laughter, art, sarcasm, and a bit of sacrilege. Wander with us while our perspectives, our attitudes, and our faith are altered for a new generation of being the church. We are Alter Guild. We are Alter Guild. We are Alter Guild. We are Alter Guild. The story of the wise men paying homage to Jesus with gold, frankincense, and myrrh is beautiful. It's mystical. Three astronomers observe the sky and follow a star looking for Jesus so they can go and honor him. But looming behind their journey is a story of power and of fear, a story of a paranoid King Herod, afraid of losing his grip on all that he has violently conquered. In this episode, Meta talks about power and resistance, encouraging us to look for God not in power and paranoia, but in places of dignity, justice, and hope. My dad used to stargaze in the backyard after me and my brothers went to bed. I would beg to join him and stay up late, but he always deferred to my mother. She was the decider. Whenever the answer was yes, I would skip down the cold deck to meet him. My eyes would slowly adjust to the night sky and dad would point out constellations above us. I would pretend to see them and ask questions so he would keep talking late into the night. I didn't need to know which star was which. It was enough to be in awe of the whole cosmos while leaning into him. One day I got curious about my mom always having the final say on this, and I learned that she's the one who had to put up with me the next day when I was cranky and tired because she stayed home with us. So I shifted my power play accordingly. From then on, I buttered her up instead of my dad. We go looking to bend power in the predictable places. We tattle to teachers, or laugh at the CEO's dumb jokes, or donate to political campaigns, or hire the best lawyer, or casually mention we are clergy to that officer writing a speeding ticket. But in God's story, Power doesn't hide in the corner office, or in white privilege, or in hired muscle, or in legal settlements. It's not in Jerusalem, it's not in the palace, and it's not in Herod's paranoid moves. God's power rumbles in the resistance, beyond what we can wall off and preserve. So to find it, we've got to back up, way up, to 1 Samuel in the Old Testament. The Israelites were set free from slavery in Egypt with Moses and Joshua as their leaders, and then came generations of judges and prophets. God was the only king they needed. Heaven was the banner, and the people of Israel were the temple. Until one day, that didn't feel like enough anymore. The people were restless. They asked the prophet Samuel for a king, 
not the mysterious cosmic pillar of fire and cloud kind of king, but as a plain old earthly one with a crown who lives in a temple and makes the rules and declares war. God tried to talk them out of it, explaining that earthly kings do not ultimately protect the people, but instead their own power by taxing the poor, hoarding the best land, and putting his own needs first. And the Israelites agreed. We know, we still want one. Every other nation has one. We want to be just like everyone else. And so God reluctantly gave them a king. They built a palace and over time, they turned to their mortal rulers for everything. Even hope, dignity, belonging, justice, and peace. Life went about how you'd expect for Israel after that. Some kings were faithful and ruled with justice. Others were wicked and cruel. There were seasons of prosperity, but also division, revenge, occupation, and deportation. You see, the palace wasn't so much God's idea as it was a weary concession. God prefers to rule without the middle management of an earthly throne and the predictable places we search for power. And so when I hear the story about wise men following the star to Jerusalem and looking in Herod's palace for the newborn king, I remember that God's power doesn't wait in the predictable places. The Magi have observed his star rising. They have gazed upon the wide mystery of heaven, art and awe that will not be contained by the mortal confines of this palace. If I listen long enough, all the way from 1 Samuel to Herod's paranoia to make America great again, I hear God calling out our predictable places and our defensive solutions and our oppressive systems. I hear God saying, nope, we did it your way long enough. You've got to look like and be like everyone else for all this time, but not anymore. This time, your king will look more like heaven than earth. He will come from the margins and save the people instead of protecting himself. He will not be hidden away behind gates and guards, but will be born in a drafty barn where starlight peeks in, heaven's banner declaring him a new temple where hope, dignity, belonging, justice and peace will win. He will walk among the people in daily work, in sickness and pain, in yawns and sneezes, in celebration and curiosity, always in communion with the undervalued, the unbelieved and ignored. He will resist alongside the resistors, always bending power toward the kingdom of heaven. There is already so much resistance in Matthew's Gospel. A genealogy that rejects the old boys club. Mystical news in the form of angels, stars, and dreams. A young virgin called as prophet. Her finite body to hold an infinite one. For thousands of years, God has ached to be our king. Without pomp or palace or patriarchy, unbound in the wild of creation and cosmos, and still leaning in close to us in the darkness of night. Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. Do they know that this question will soon be their transformation and testimony? They will be among the first to confess. We have seen the kingdom of heaven coming to power. 
we will honor him with our own resistance rising. The newborn king is not in the palace of Jerusalem or in the paranoia of politicians or in the compromises we make with lesser evils. Instead, he is in the drafty and vulnerable corners, the resistance fueled by hard truth, the rogue wonder of creation. He is wherever hope, dignity, belonging, justice, and peace are causing palace foundations to crumble. His star is rising in the cosmos, wherever mystics and travelers are transformed, overwhelmed with joy, kneeling down, giving generously, and letting dreams change their plans. He is shining whenever we take another road home, so moved by what we have seen that a familiar destination becomes instead a new journey that calls us to resist and rise up, even and especially in the darkness of night. Alter Guild is hosted by Meta Herrick Carlson, Matthew Ian Fleming, Miriam Samuelson Roberts, and Derek Tronsgaard, with edits by Matt and Derek. Today's episode was written by Meta Herrick Carlson, with music by Dotted Lines, Kevin Hutchins, Bric-a-Brac, Flux, and Aaron Sprinkle. You can visit our website at alterguild.org, that's A-L-T-E-R, and find us on Twitter and Facebook at Alter Guild. To listen to more episodes or to subscribe, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else fine podcasts are sold. And if you like what we're doing, please leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for our next episode. And in the meantime, go in peace. Listen, love, serve, and alter. Alter.